Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the virtual Zoom studios by Sambo and Johnny. How the bloody hell are you, chaps? Fantastic. Good. Going well. Oh, so good Going to hear. Fresh. Two of my Doing... favorite people on the planet earth and you're both doing well i mean how much better can a monday get am i right of your favorite people on planet earth doing well yes (laughs) myself you mean i don't know i'm just saying that's how it could get better oh what could you want how are you how are you oh thanks john this is the second episode in a row that one of you guys actually asked me how i'm doing i feel i feel doubly seen and doubly heard i'm doing well well, I mean, we we sort of we sort of had to remember you gave us that that paperwork, like the uh, yeah. you know the the lawsuit, and yeah. there was certain provisos in it. So I I think we're fulfilling them right. I think I think, I think so. this is what you wanted. Yeah, yeah, Ab- absolutely. Except it, for it, the uh, cash payment under the table, that uh, pretty so often. That's right. Well, well look, um, producer Kate is it up said, as, as part of you know a safe. Um, you know, workplace, safe working environment. John, John, massive La Raville Magnifico here. Um, I could, I could let it slide, you know, for the listener. But, you know, the listener at home, I'm sure, <laughs> often think about, you know, oh, far out. I wonder which of these guys is the biggest, like, you know, the common man. Who's real, the, the real working class, you know? Do they really the need chat. to guess? And, you know... <laughs> It, it comes around, you know, just want to put this into their, their minds when they think about where they rank people, that John just, from off screen, produced a, a, a wine goblet of, I don't know, Merlot or Shiraz or something, gave it a swill and a sniff and, and, and put it down the gullet. So that's I don't John's... think you were on the plonk anymore, John. Was that some, was that some, some, of the, some cranny? Was that some... It's... <laughs> Where's the cranny granny in a wine glass to make oh, you feel after... fancy? After the, the sickness I had, uh, it's been a couple of months now, so I'm just slowly ah. having a glass here and there, mm, seeing how it good. goes. Not much, just just a small sniff, yeah. just of wine, nothing, nothing else. <laughs> I was gonna say, John, no, none of that swill for the peasants. No, no just the no. just the good stuff. Just 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 glass here. Um, I think it's every second night at the moment. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I'm, I'm glad for you that that you're allowed, you know, in your palatial settings to to be able to imbibe um, of the fruit of the vine and all that sort of thing. That that's great. I just wanted to, I just transparency. It felt important yes, for the but, listener to know, um, you know, that definitely you know, that Lord Larkin is there um, sipping on his goblet of wine. I think it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's transparency. We're not driving anyone. I like the Lord. Yeah, I, I appreciate the Lord there. I, I feel special now. There we go. Um, there's your common man rankings right there. Um, so Absolutely. big game to get into. Better Matt. than all of you. <laughs> He's leaning <laughs> into it too. He's absolutely. Yep. We know John's not the con man, but I'd like to point out that Jake also just used the words imbibe and palatial in the same <laughs> sentence. So I think Jake's kind of cancelling himself out as well. So at least Sam. the the Bruce Springsteen of this little trio <laughs> is sitting right here. <laughs> Oh, you are wearing a very common man yeah. jacket over a jumper. Nice gray, like, was it a green? Look at the inside green. of it, though. Look at the inside of it, though. <laughs> it looks a nice like it's blue and red color there. 
blurred because you're it's, selling it's, pornographic the zoom, magazines. The zoom's blurred it. Like, I've got some fucking... Some, some dildos hanging off the inside of my jacket. <laughs> some no, no. sex toys, sir. They're, they're just, they're just the cat scarves rolled up differently. Um, That's right. Yeah. Ranger rolled. I roll all my cat scarves up like a, like a ranger marine does, and I hang them inside my jacket. Yeah. Absolutely. Um... No, I think that is fair enough. I think if you did poll, yeah. Sam would be probably the most, yeah, the, the the most, the common man, the working class hero out of, out of all three of us. Or definitely. as Jake would say, the ubiquitous man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ubiquitous male. <laughs> or as I would say, has been the lord of the peasant. As <laughs> John right. would say, the help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's crank into um, this episode well and truly gotta say big shout out to all the listeners our listening numbers have been cranking up and up and up um the the twitter following has been cranking up and up so all of those who are jumping on the chaps journey the chaps chariot um absolute fucking legends we love having you on for the ride as i said on twitter today trying to get us up to 400 i said we we do two podcasts a week year round year round men's seasons off seasons um during seasons, bye weeks, everything, everything. Yeah, and if Dedication. you are, if you are bi curious uh, as to what we're having in the buy this week, um, there'll be plenty of content. You're still nice. going to get your two shows. There's going to be an AFLW State of the Union. Uh, we're going to have a look at where the the landscape lies for the AFLW Cats thus far through free agency and trade and all that sort of thing. We're also going to do a mid-season review for the men's team. We'll be handing out some awards. We'll be looking back at some of our favorite moments, maybe doing a little bit of crystal ball gazing for the second half of the season. Yeah. But tonight, we are looking at the Cats V. I love a bit of, a bit of bi-curious ball gazing. That's mm. <laughs> a bi-curious crystal ball. <laughs> it's my game attack. I'm not bi-curious at all. I'm going to get rid of this bi. I'll, I'll oh. be honest. I'll come out right now. I hate it. Not, I'm not a fan of buys in general, and particularly ones that involve multiple teams over mm. multiple weeks. Just have one week off in the middle of the season for everyone. Yeah. Um, this is the hundredth time that I've beaten that drum done with on it. the pod, but uh, yeah, totally. Get rid of it. Fuck it off. Who enjoys Who enjoys a weekend where it's only, what, six games of footy on? Who enjoys Be less? Honest, only one game. Six games I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get to it. I just want the, the cats every week yeah. because I know they say you only miss one week, but there's two weeks. There's a week yes. before that week. Exactly. And then the week up, it's two weeks off. I'll say it feels it's two weeks between games. Yeah, absolutely. And I want my money back that I didn't spend on it. Um, absolutely. I want, want them to pay me. <laughs> the cats. This is a, you know, a tale as old as time. This is Cain and Abel stuff. Cats versus dogs. Um, Geelong went into this match first time on the road uh, for a couple of weeks. We played games against Port and the Crows down at Cardinia Park. Um, Them sweet two wins in a row. Beautiful. And then heading into this game, having put Patrick Dangerfield on ice um, to get him sort of ready for the home stretch of the season. So we're down Paddy Dangerfield. We go in and we light the dogs up quarter one at Marvel. Seven goals two to seven goals two forty-four to one five eleven. We're thinking, Jesus, 
uh, there's blood in the water. The cats might just roll over the top of them uh, well and truly. But then Tom Stewart cops a knock uh, in a tackle uh, situation from, I think it was Bailey Smith, uh, did a bit of damage or attempted to um, across the night, did old Bailey Smith. Uh, and Tommy Stewart goes down the... His head. That's right. Goes down the race, comes out of the race, goes down the race, and is eventually ruled out with a concussion or a failed concussion test. Um, so then we start thinking we're in the poos uh, because <laughs> the Bulldogs start getting their shit together. They kick three goals to one in the second quarter and honestly, could have been a lot more. Um, they kick two goals to none in the third term and the Cats cling to an 11-point lead going into the final quarter. And, you know... There were times, boys, where it looked pretty bleak, and and we kept the faith in 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 the private message chat um, that this cats team had it in them, and boy oh boy did they have it in them. They boot a four goal final term. The dogs themselves um, kick four goals for that quarter as well, but the difference was that the cats came out and kicked two of the first three early to stave things off. And the Cats run out 12, 11, 83 to 10, 10, 70 winners without Sam Menegola, without Patrick Dangerfield, without Tom Stewart, without Jack Henry, um, without Jake Collajasny, who was a late withdrawal as well. So, chaps, uh, I went to Johnny first last week. This week, I'm going to Sambo first. Massively impressive win, right, Sam? Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, probably my favourite win of the season, um, because of the way we held on, and and because of the you know the 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 quality that was thrown at us through that middle patch of the game. Um, and apart from the Tom Stewart uh, concussion, I feel like I, I was gifted a lot of the stuff that I asked for in the preview. Uh, if you can cast your mind back, uh, give it, have another ball gaze, Jake, at the past, I'll gaze and at remember those balls. what. Yes. Yes. Um, please do. <laughs> just uh, and remember that when you asked what I wanted to come away with after the game, my request was that I came away feeling like our uh, forward line and our goal kicking power was enough to sustain the heat that would inevitably come our way. Mm. Uh, because it's a pattern we've seen before: we start hot, we kick some goals, but we rue some missed chances here and there later on when the uh, when the the an the inevitable answer comes. And then we've got our work cut out for us in, in the fourth, in the third or fourth quarter. Um, and it was a similar scenario, but I think the strength of that first quarter was enough to carry us home that we never, despite the dogs, you know, um, absolute onslaught on a Henry and Stewart list defense. Mm. Um, we managed to hold on surprisingly well. Like I, I know it, it, it looked that middle, middle term, the, you know, the fact that we, didn't kick a goal for 80 minutes or something. It looks pretty bad on paper, but watching the game, it could have been so much worse mm. had had our defense not had their game faces on. Uh, it could have been an absolute bloodbath through the middle. So I'm, I was very gratified that the forward line did their job early and late um, and that it was enough to prop up the defense because we knew, we knew the midfield was going to be a, a bit of an uphill battle. Mm. We knew that was going to be the case. Um, and the other encouraging thing is that it wasn't an uphill battle consistently for the whole night. Our, our mids, you know, I thought Stanley 
did a pretty good job. It wasn't maybe a consistent job across the night. I think when he fell down, the team fell down. You know, I think you look it out because we, we won the hitouts in the end, didn't we? I think thirty-eight yeah. um, three. I think it was something like that. Yeah. So that looks, but I I, I reckon twenty-three of theirs would have been in the the second and third quarter, and <laughs> the thirty-eight of ours would have been in quarter one and four. Mm. Um. So like it was, it looked pretty. The ruck situation looked pretty ordinary through the middle there. So I do think that was a big part of it. Um. But no, I was I was really happy the way we managed to hold on at the bookends of the ground, and then that the midfield wasn't a complete washout for the whole game. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I I was really happy. I think we were we were undermanned. Um, I'm sure the dogs can can say the same, but um, I was very happy to see how we could hold on um, in pretty trying circumstances through the, through the middle there, and that we regained our composure so handily at the end. Johnny, the 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 ability to, this wasn't down at Cadinia Park. Like Sam said, we're under man, you know, and, and the dogs could say the same, that they, you know, maybe don't have their full complement um, of, of players there either. Um, but we were on the road. Uh, we had a lot of young players um, in there as well. Uh, and then the key pillar of Stuart goes out. But how impressed were you of guys like Sam DeConing, guys like Zach Guthrie, um, you know, to, to step up and play big when, when the game required it of them. Very impressed. I'm super impressed by SDK yet mm. again. Um, that was a massive game on Norton to basically keep in zero to zero goals for an entire game until that last quarter where he kicked a couple of goals was hugely impressive. And it looked like Norton wasn't even going to get a goal for that whole game with SDK mm. on him. Um, it was just... One time he got out fairly out in some open space from a clipper run or whatnot. Mm. And I think another one was just to pick up and a quick snap at goal. Yeah. And he, he only had the one, Norton, just the one, kicked one goal. Oh, one, just the one. Not. Yep. I thought he had two goals, sorry. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I was really hugely impressed with how he was able to keep him really quiet, not give away a single free kick against Norton, which is mm. hugely impressive as a defender because, you know, when you're playing against another big tall guy who's fairly strong and can jump really well, expect to play one or two free kicks to be given against you. But to his credit, he did not give him any easy outs, any free kicks, worked his ass off the whole, the whole night. And yeah, it was really hugely impressive by SDK and Zach Guthrie as well. That was just another impressive game. He was doing Tom Stewart stuff. Not as not at Tom Stewart's level, obviously, but just doing enough to keep those relentless dog pressure um, inside fifties accountable. Um, every time it went in, there were some really good marks, good spoils, ripping tackles, um, especially on Norton on the wing. That was a big tackle to just stop him in his tracks. Um, that was hugely impressive. But yeah, I was even that whole defensive unit. They. As soon as Stuart went down, they they just seemed to just switch on a lot more and just not the felt like they was like we're not gonna let Stuart down, we're not gonna let them get easy goals, and even under huge amounts of pressure for those that second and third quarter, when it was bouncing around, any dog could pick it up and step a goal. They was on it constantly, just pressuring them, not letting them get an easy shot at goal, making them work 
extremely hard for every single point that the dogs got. So I was hugely impressed by that defensive effort from everyone and made me pretty um, safe into thinking that once Stuart is gone, once he retires, that that defensive unit's pretty solid as it is with SDK, Zach, um, Zach Guthrie, Tom Atkins, Jack Henry, and um, Jack Henry sort of come back in. So it's a pretty solid defensive unit, and they did it really well under huge amounts of pressure without Tom Stewart. So yeah, couldn't couldn't be prouder of the defensive unit and his, and the team. And over Sam, it's my favorite win of the year. I think it's the Cats' best win of the year. Yeah, it's it's massive. Like the, the this win, the win against the the Lions down at Cadinia Park without Stewart and Salwood, probably to to me like. It's amazing, and it's funny. I've started to see that the Twitter support change. There's a lot more people now, sort of, you know. And I mean, you know, people are emotional. Like people do swings and roundabouts. We try and stay a little bit more on the on the level of going. Hey, let's see how it works out in a month. Let's see how it works out in two months. We tend to to be on the, you know, um, we kind of support the vision that's sort of laid out. You know that the, the uh, in terms pretty of clear vision, yeah, recruitment and all that sort of stuff. You know, we're we're pretty on board with that. So I get that some people aren't, but it, but I'll say this: credit to the people who have gotten on and said, hey, and there was one tweet um, to the effect of, because uh, I put up some stats for Zach Guthrie. He had 19 touches. He had a game high 11 marks, game high nine intercept possessions. He went at 87.5 percent kicking efficiency. Uh, gained the second most meters for the cats on the night. So he's not just getting little tappy disposals out the back and out the side. He, he's contributing all over the place. Also won four free kicks so and only gave away the one. So putting himself in good body position. I put those stats up and uh, a, a bloke on Twitter basically said, and he, you know, Zach Guthrie would be entitled to tell all of us to get fucked. Um, you know, for, for doubting what he could become, for doubting what he, you know, the sort of player. There's actually been a lot of people willing to actually walk back what they've said and go, actually, I was wrong. This dude's put in the mm. work and, and and I'm now barracking for his selection every time. So good on him for, for proving for proving us wrong. So I like to see that. There's a generally more positive vibe on Cat's Twitter. Um, Sambo, the defense, obviously... Guthrie and DeConing, they only gave away one free kick each. Um, DeConing had a game high eight spoils. Um, you know, the, the the basic stat sheet for him doesn't look as sparkling as for Zach Guthrie. Uh, DeConing, just the 12 touches. Um, he did have eight marks, actually, so that looks pretty good. Uh, but then a bunch of spoils went at 100% kicking efficiency, so didn't miss any of his seven kicks. Um, those two... Like that's that's a like a cat sporting moment for the ages, isn't it, Sam? Like, you know, under there's no Jack Henry, there's no Tom Stewart. Lockie Henderson's retired. He is twenty one year old. You know, no Collajesny. No Collajesny. Um, and you know, here's our you know second year you know player who was a key forward is now a key defender. Oh, and Zach Guthrie. See how you go. Like that was an epic stand, Sam. Mm, def- especially as, as had the 
weathering the just absolute storm, the, the onslaught that the dogs brought. Um, and I think it was, yeah, you know, it's real uh, feather in the cap to the defense that we basically played two, like a half of football, the two middle quarters, a full half of a game, basically were played in our back half, if not our back 50, <laughs> just the, the whole game. Uh, and they, they didn't manage it. Now, did they take the lead at one point or did they never uh, actually, they never took a lead? Never took, the closest for, they got was five points. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say, I have a feeling I was five points behind and then there was, it felt like there was going to be a goal and they, maybe they missed a bit of a, uh, one that I thought they would have got. So I had it chalked up in my head as if they were about to take the lead. I think it was a point where it was late in the third where a Bulldogs player had a chance, I think, mm. it was to get him in front or get him like within four Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I was I like, oh, I think this is the part where this could be the end. If they get this goal, it could really fire up the dogs and they, mm. and he missed it. And I felt like that sort of fired the cats up to go, they're not taking their opportunities. Yeah, yeah I think it was, I think you can't like, deny those narratives that formed it like a, a side with less heart and grit than the dogs i think would have given up earlier after the second quarter to have attacked as hard as they did and still not really be back in it mm. i think would crush them so credit to the dogs they kept going for another quarter but i think the strength of the 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 carpet that we laid early <laughs> mm. um combined with how well uh that we closed them down um i think just combined to be a, a really you know, strong uh, wall, you know, an, an impenetrable wall. And I think the way the dogs were going into the, into the 50, you know, it, it was really, they were just like constant. They were, they were sort of like just banging on the, on the front door constantly. Um, but I don't think we, you know, some of the commentators were saying, oh, they need to change their approach. I don't know that we, to, you know, to credit to us and credit to the dogs. I don't know that we had allowed them much other option. Because I think our, our our structure and formation outside of the fifty was really good, so they were trying to loft it in a, a bit to avoid that 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 setup that we had, get it over the top. Um, and you know our our keybacks were just playing, you know, such a, a a great game. Um, to to stand up in the face of some pretty heavy opposition. Um, but yeah, those those four there, the Zach Guthrie, SDK, Jack Henry when it, when he's back, um. Uh, and Cole Jasney and my mind just blanked on the other person I was going to mention. Tom Stewart when he's in, yeah. And uh, I was Tom Stewart, yes, but also I guess when he, like when him and and Cola retire, say like I think the the defense is in a really good spot. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> like with Tom Stewart, with Tom Stewart in in, I think it's probably the best defense we've seen in like nearly a decade. Absolutely. For the cats, for the cats. Since um, Darlett, Tom Harley, um, Mackie, and um, Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Peyton Harriper and Milburn and Corey Enright. Yeah. It's a good defense. Can't you you see those those characters starting to build? Like, that's what's exciting to me. I don't know if we're going to win a premiership this year or not, but I can start to see those players starting to have belief like Zach Guthrie, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what a performance, you can, like, um, you can just... see them, um, that chemistry between them there. Um, after this game, that is really starting to build the confidence, the self-confidence in yes. themselves that yep. when Tom Stewart's not there, they can still weather a huge amounts of weather, the storm and huge amounts of pressure and still come out on top is, 
it's a huge boost to the confidence to the coaches' confidences in the in the players that they picked and the the um, trust they put in them, and a huge boost to the confidence in in the, in the fans because I've got a huge boost in confidence that the defense our defense is top notch and that can weather basically anything, and we've got a good seriously superstar fullback in our hands. So the confidence is riding high at the moment in that defensive team. Well, it's all like win, 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 really. Like you're winning these games. You've now won three on the trot. You've been able to debut a lot of young players. So so they're getting experience. So like, it's just big ticks, no matter what sort of angle you want to look at it from. Like we're, we're getting some youth injected into the side. You're getting time to bring players back. That's been one of the fun things to watch on Twitter is people starting to go, all right, say a month after the bye, you know, and, and people get back and get healthy or whatever. Was Geelong's best 22? And it's the first time in a f- quite a few years that I'm going, well, fuck, what is our best side? Mm. Who, who does mm. come yeah, in? Think... Who does come out? Like, it's it's tough. That's, that is one thing I've been thinking about as well. Like, who who do you drop? To bring in Henry and Stuart back in, and Menegola, Menegola, and Dangerfield, and mm-hmm. Cola when he's right, it's 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 one of those situations. But here in the AFL media, is it's a good spot to be, but it's a worse one for the coach because you've got to drop someone that you normally wouldn't, and you've got to find a way to fit in these other players. So yeah, it's mm. it's a fantastic position to be in, but also a tough one for the players. And I, I will say it's 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 nice to hear some positives coming from the media as well. Um, yep. uh, Kingy uh, said I saw it was they were, he was talking about the the seven that contend that can seriously contend for it um, for the for the you know the premiership and he did include the cats in that which was good but he included the cats as basically just the team that he likes where they're going and he was like ignoring the win loss record thus far and ignoring whether or not they'll win it. He's like, I just like the way the football and the club looks like it's headed. And that's sort of the first time I've heard many people say that outside of like Cats fans. <laughs> so yeah. that was, that was, or even, even us, even some of the Cats fans haven't even been saying it. So that's, you know, that's, that's interesting. It's, it's funny. It doesn't take long for the sort of the, the tunes to change. It's, and conversely, I'm sure it won't take long for it to go backwards again. The confidence is from this game, as I said earlier, I feel like is has just grown immensely mm. huge in those young players. So well, it's, it's fantastic well, and exciting. It's a hard thing. I get it. I get it where people are. If, if you're living it as a week-to-week fan, and I used to probably take on the week-to-week up and down way more sort of emotionally myself. Like, you know, um, I just don't tend to as much anymore. But I get it. It is hard to have faith. Sometimes when you're like, oh God, it's all going to collapse. You know, we've traded away picks and there's no young players coming through because we're, you know, because we haven't seen them and all this sort of stuff. But as we've said for a long time on the podcast, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but like, just let's wait and see. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's, let's, yeah, everyone, give yourself a pat on the back. It's like, just wait and see. Let them have the opportunity to show you what's being built behind the scenes because. Um, as some people on Twitter who, you know, who, who are well connected and that sort of thing have said, um, you know, there's the last few seasons of VFL footy have been pillaged 
um, by mm. COVID and stuff. So there hasn't been that development time. So some of these guys have taken longer. Some of them are going to take longer because they haven't got those games under their belt. But we've seen players on every line of the team come in and show flashes of, of, of what we're on about. But and Sam, you know, you go. You know <laughs> a reason behind behind that is because of all those the culture super oh, the culture. <laughs> And also because of all the extra fantastic talent the Cats have brought in with the older players like Isaac Smith and Reese Stanley, Jeremy Cameron, Patrick. I was going to say that, you know, talking about trading away picks, that's how we got six goal Jeremy Cameron. (laughs) We're getting all these senior players along with Zach Tui who are teaching these young players behind the scenes how to play the Cats play, how to play really good football. So, Mm. yes, we may have an old list, but just think that old list is still passing on all that knowledge, all that skill onto these younger guys. So, and it's showing, you can see in the young guys, it's showing through, it's shining through bright. Um, Sam, obviously we've talked a lot about the defense and they deserve huge amounts of credit. Um, you mentioned Jeremy Cameron and, and he was an absolute sharpshooter with six goals, one. Um, but before we get into talking about Cameron, um, Wanted to talk about the midfield, uh, but particularly wanted to talk about the work of Tom Atkins, who has just been on the rise, on the rise, on the rise, much maligned kind of player at the Cats, I think, for a while. Fighting for his spot. Yeah, yeah. fighting for his spot, according to BT last week against the Crows. Um, no, no, Jared, Jared Healy, wasn't it? Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, Jared Healy. Um, yeah, Healy. Sambo, he was he was amazing, wasn't he? Like Adkins had twenty disposals, four marks, four tackles, a couple of clearances, two hundred and seventy-one meters gained, kicked a beautiful goal in that first mm. quarter, had seven score involvements, eight intercepts, went at eighty percent disposal efficiency, and add to that, he also put on twenty-four pressure acts, the most on the ground. Yeah, he just didn't fucking stop. An absolute machine. And I feel like you could kind of recycle everything we've said about him for the last like four or five weeks and just play it again each week because each week we kind of go, this is his best performance yet. <laughs> this is so much. And again, on top of his best performance last week and the one before that, I think this one is his best performance yet. I think he's just, um, he seems to have a real newfound confidence and he's building on that confidence every week. So that's been his starting point is just this sort of self-assuredness in his on his role into the side like that's the the thing that you can see really good players that don't necessarily get a hundred percent know how that where they where they equip their their talent you know every, every in moment to moment gameplay where where should that talent be distributed and I, I would point at Stengel as a guy that's in that category at the moment that he's just got talent coming out his ears uh, and he's just new to the system he's new to the system and and depending on the opponents that we play um, and and the amount of pressure he can either turn in an exemplary performance, kick an absolute bag, and literally bully the defense. But in a game like the on the weekend where it's, you know, the pressure's on, it's Friday night, and you've got to work that little bit harder. Uh, I think he's he's a little bit more at a loss in that minute second when you get the ball and you have to do something with it. Um, He's, it's still a little bit in his head. It's still a little bit c- cerebral and thought through. And so I think that's his journey to go on next. Whereas 
Atkins seems like he's got to that point where he's just in the flow state. You know, he's not thinking about anything. It's all just instinct and it's all just the right instinct every time. Um, and some of that tackles he laid was so fucking hard. <laughs> like it, it, it just made you wince even as a cat supporter. Um, so, you know, I was, I was blown away by his performance and um, oh. he's probably the one that makes the, makes the votes really interesting this week because he's not a guy who automatically at first bounce, you're pretty kind of prepared for him to be in your votes. Mm-hmm. And there's, and the other guys that you do think will be like, you know, uh, even SDK these days and Jeremy Cameron, those kind of guys had good weeks as well. So they should be in the votes too. But then Ad- Atkins really kind of makes you go, he could be, he could be three votes this week. He could be any, or like oh. maybe none because there were so many good players. So I think he's the one that's really throwing me with the, with the votes this week. It's so important with the tackling too. Like, you know, you go, oh, you know, really crunching tackles like it there's tackles and then there's tackles like Mm. you want people to tackle like tom adkins tackles because it puts a lick on the opponent and makes them think twice about trying to step around or step through you um he he was great at intercepting turnovers like the midfield worked insanely hard like johnny i kept thinking oh well now we're cooked like it's going to run out now, like the, the effort and chase is going to run out. And I thought we'd survive that, you know, massive effort the first quarter. And I think we talked about, we were like, can we really sustain this level of intensity all night? Had to hang on by the skin of our teeth and it wasn't for a lack of effort. There was still chase and tackles and blocks being done all through that second quarter, all through that third quarter. And it felt to me like, is this going to be one of those nights where it just collapses in a heap in the fourth quarter? You've done so much work, but they're just, they've got the crowd behind them. And then they found a fucking another gear. Selwood yep. came to the fore in that last quarter and they all rose and, and the pressure intensified again. Like, how incredible was that, Johnny? Like, I, I was wowed by it. Was, it was really good. I, during that third quarter, towards the end, I was, you know, as we were watching, it was sort of getting a bit, getting a bit more even. Mm. I sort of relaxed. I was like, I think the cats have got this. I didn't send it through a message because we want to send any jinxes or hoodoos yeah. or ring on the dark, <laughs> dark lord, yeah, whatever, dark magic. Um, yeah, I felt quietly really confident that the cats were going to bring it home in that last quarter. And boy, did that! That was a sensational last quarter by the cats, by the Selwood, by. Just the entire team, not not to give up, not to give in. And I think me and Sam were talking after on PlayStation chat. We were both like, yeah, we sort of had the same feeling that there was going to be something that last quarter that the Cats weren't just going to go, nah, we've, we've done all we can. We're going to give up. We're going to, they're going to fight and they're going to find a way to put the nail in the coffin, which they did. And yeah, it was just blistering final quarter and it was good to see Selwood step up after his after his quite middle half um second and third quarter his third uh, fourth quarter was just sensational you know rising as a captain should to the to four and leading his troops through the breach yet again and it's just so everyone left around him as well but the whole team Stanley had a huge last quarter I thought that last quarter was just immense by him he was tapping it and then 
running on, picking it up and just booting it as far as he could into that forward 50. And mm. as soon as it goes in forward 50 high and long, you're pretty confident that either Tom Hawkins is going to out-strength, out-muscle someone or Cameron's going to outmark him. If he doesn't outmark him, he's going to outrun them. Mm. And that's what basically happened. And yeah, it was just... It was just a pleasure to watch them find that extra gear and just overwork the dogs in that last quarter. And you could see the dogs were worn out. They pushed, put everything they could into that second and third quarter and they pushed and pushed and pushed and they still pushed in the fourth quarter. But it was just, it gets to that point where you push so hard and you just keep getting repelled and repelled. But that confidence sort of dips mm-hmm. and the cats latched onto that and that's really drove it home. So, Nicely impressed. I, I I really felt like the the first quarter was the plan of attack. That was all what we wanted. Second quarter, when Stewie went out and a couple of things didn't go our way, felt really like plugging up the holes in the ship. Yeah. Like they dropped Rowan back. Even Cameron dropped a little deep, deeper, mm. uh, a little sort of further into the mids. <laughs> Hawkins was getting drawn back a little bit. Like it really seemed to be this sudden like shift around uh, Blix Blix dropped back I think as well like more of the ruck duties went on to Stanley um and that was kind of the second quarter was basically just trying to get through to half time with as little yeah. damage as we could this the third quarter to me felt like we just sh- we'd shored up the most s- strong defensive option that we could mm. to weather that third quarter and and went out there we, you know Rowan went back up so we you know we we shifted things around a little bit to be more ideal in the back as much as we could. And then it really felt, and it might be arrogant about the cast to say, but it really felt like to me that that's what we did, that we were like, okay, we got through the second quarter. Now let's stifle them. Let's like really shore up the defenses and let them run themselves out in the third. And then when at the change of the third, when they, you know, fired up and everything, and then they changed things around again, going into the fourth with the mind to, uh, sacrifice some goals as we saw, like we saw that they kicked as many, but, but shore things up at the forward end that time and just start piling on again. I really felt like that was kind of the, the way it went. And I don't think it was all by, uh, it was all by luck. I think there was a fair bit of thought that went into that to like try and let them run it out in the third and make us and sort of almost sacrifice the front end of the ground for a quarter and then just throw caution to the wind in the fourth and try and lock it up. Um, that's how I saw it anyway. And that's really how it felt. And I think that attributes to what John was saying, how, as I saw how the fourth, the third ended and the fourth started, I was like, Oh, okay. I think this was, I think we got this. Well, it's, it's like a, the, there was this sort of a, a, a planned um, concession almost not, not a planned concession. Mm-hmm. You don't never want to concede anything, but it was like, we, as you said, you need to, put your you need to refocus your resources on different areas if the ship's taking on water um you know suddenly we need buckets downstairs <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and everyone's yeah because well, we couldn't we couldn't maybe survive as a sh- in a shootout for a whole half of football mm. you know we probably couldn't they the thought was probably we can't go hell for leather for the, the second half of the game and hope we come out on top so it was let's limit their scoring potential for the third quarter let them feel like they're on top of us mm. And then go hell for leather for a whole quarter. We'll we'll bleed a few chips, but we'll hopefully whack on a heap as well. Yeah, it was sort of it was a, that interesting second and third quarter. It was like, geez, the dogs are killing us in every single stat. But they felt different, right? Like the, the second the second quarter was a different kind of bad to the third. 
It was. It was for like, me. It was. <laughs> I felt it was gonna. It sort of felt like that St. Kilda game. It was like shit. We're just gonna keep holding the storm as Jake said in the message. We're just gonna hold and hold, and they did. I was like, good. That's that one thing. And now we're just gonna do it again, shore up again. Mm. Um, but yeah, with all that dominance, though, it was, they never got that close to our score, and yeah, it was just. Oh, just impressive how defensive unit worked to not let them get those easy goals at the back. Because you normally see with the cats sometimes that they'll that all that pressure keeps pressuring on, and there'll be a spoil that goes behind, and the opposition will get an easy run on goal. That maybe happened three. I was going to say, I reckon two or three times I felt like we should yeah. have closed them down quicker, but that's that's not too bad. Not too bad, and apart from and all the all their dominance really came to not, nothing in the end for them. They couldn't get within five points of the Cats, or they did, but that was only in the fourth quarter, and then the Cats just kicked away yet again. And it's mightily, mightily impressive for a team that everyone's saying is yet again too old, too slow. They might make the mm. eight. If they do, it would be in the bottom half of the eight. This isn't bottom half of the eight team stuff. This is a team who's fighting for a premiership. You don't see um, Collingwood would be able to do this. I don't think St Kilda would be able to do that. Again, um, Sydney possibly, but yes, it was a really huge, really important win and just one that showed that puts the faith that they are really there for the premiership yet again and they they can finish top four. I think, like, just to put some stats to what you're saying, you know, the, the too old, too slow, you know, the, you know, cat, they're going to get overrun because they just don't have the legs. Um, some some team stats for you in terms of possession in the last quarter. So for the match, we had 45% of the possession to 39%. You know, so that leaves you with what 16% undecided or you know in contest. But in the in the final quarter when the game was on the line, the cats had 53% a possession to 33%. So, you know, 67% of the time it was either in in the Cats' hands or they were keeping it contested. And in the last 10 minutes, the Dogs only had 26% of possession. So the Cats either had it, you know, in a contested situation, losing time, or in their hands on 74% um, of that last 10 minutes when, when it was all on the line. The Dogs were trying to get that win. Um, and from an individual playing point of view, you know, the, the outs of different players, you know, impacting rotation and that sort of thing. Zach Tui spent 96% of the game on the ground, which I don't think would normally be the plan. Uh, Mitch Duncan, hmm. 93% of, of, of the time on the field. So Zach Tui in particular, I thought that headbutt really got him going. I thought he had a ripping last quarter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now we've got to get the whole team fired up. Ab- yeah, now, absolutely. I think even we were saying that some of the older guys they look a bit gassed, you know, mm. sort of halfway through that third quarter. This shows you that you don't put a line through a cat. The cat's got nine lives. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny rolling with the uh, the cat nine lives a uh, bit. I like it. Um, okay. Do you guys have any other burning points to make that won't be covered in votes? Uh, close, I thought, did some some great stuff. Um, not pro- probably a, a vote winner for me, but 
just did a lot of one percent stuff. Caught caught Bontempelli holding the ball, um, yeah, which which is which which is impressive for anyone, let alone the guy that's literally half his size. <laughs> yeah, um, not a thing up again because I thought that last quarter by Stanley was hugely impressive. Mm. Some really clutch marks. Clutch marks. I feel like he got a bit outplayed in that second and third, and Samson's play because there was all that shuffle around and Versace wasn't there to help him. But the way he fought back in that last quarter was just amazing to see him not give up, not hang his head like the whole team and just fight and fight and fight and kick, get goal, uh, forward entries, forward 50 in- entries from the ruck just by booting it as far as he could, getting clutch mm. marks and tapping out to really good advantages to Selwood and Parfit and Atkins and all that. It was just, yeah, after impressive. After a rewatch of the whole... Um... Marcho bullshit at the three-quarter time. I did notice that Stanley copped a lot, not only the punch to the chest from Smith, but like leading up to that, there was like they were the dogs were really laying into Stanley as he went to the huddle. Maybe because of that, maybe because he was getting destroyed in the in, in the ruck, and they're kind of like trying to like diminish him a bit. But I I do wonder if that actually really fired him up, especially with Tui coming to his defense yeah. to the degree that he did. You know, uh, it might it may have sort of backfired a little bit from the dog's point of view. If if that, I don't know, there may have been something, there may have been an incident that they were specifically coming at him for, but if they were coming at him to try and like put him back in his box, then I think it had the, the exact opposite effect. Absolutely. Um, Brad Close, 22 pressure acts, second most on the ground um, behind mm. Tom Atkins. So that just backs up that part um, of what you're saying. I've just got one little question for you guys. Doesn't need to be a long answer, just a, just a quick one. Is Tom Adkins starting to get into if he can if this is the baseline Tom Adkins, what we've seen the last few weeks, and, mm. and sometimes he goes higher, but he doesn't dip below this. If if this is like your Tom Adkins sort of thing, pretty much week in, week out, your occasional quieter game. Is Tom Adkins starting to figure in your potential future captain thinking? Because I was thinking like um, the way there was a, there was a Definitely challenge he made. There's a challenge he made late. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter. A ball coming back to sorry into the into the sort of like half forward line for the dogs, and Adkins went I'm sure back with the flight of it and beat sort of two bulldogs players in the area to to get it out of bounds um, in a two on one situation. And I, I don't know. For me, I just feel like he embodies the traits that Joel Selwood has kind of made Geelong football. And I just mm. wondered whether that, yeah, what do you guys think? You said leadership group, John? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely leadership group. The way he's been playing, the way he can inspire and lead the guys. Mm. Um, definitely leadership group. And, you know, who knows? Yeah, definitely. He could yeah. have the capabilities to be a captain. It'll, it'll just depend on his development a little mm. bit, I think, from this point on. Um, Obviously, he's not the youngest player out there by any means, but just in terms of how he, the direction he goes, because I think definitely leadership group, I think he leads by example really well. My feeling is I'm not sure at the moment, like, like he's the kind of player to help someone up or tell someone to pull their head in or tell someone to, you know, keep their chin up. I don't know that he's the player to take the whole group aside in lieu of Chris Scott at, at the quarter time yeah. huddle and, and give him give him a talking to just from his personality and in interviews and stuff, he seems pretty reserved. He seems like the kind of guy that's just like, I just want to get on and 
and yeah. do the best I can. So I think he's a lead by example sort of dude, which mm. you can absolutely make that kind of person a captain. Tom, uh, like Joel Selwood, to a degree, is that kind of person, and he has had to rise to the expectations of a captain. So Atkins certainly could do that. Um, but I think there's some probably some other players that have more readily the personality that I tend to think of as a captain. Um, I will say though, Atkins should be making a case for all Australian if he can play this way every week. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, it's just, it was the first time probably that struck me. I was like, this dude is stepping up when the team needs him. I know for me, mm. like there's lots of players you see, like we thought with Dangerfield, it's like they go through having football taken away from them or something, you know, that, that mm. for whatever reason, they something clicks in their footballing life and, and, and it starts to make sense to them. And I just feel like Adkins, something has clicked this season. And, and I think you could see the seeds of it last year. Um, and I know just this, this game, I was just like, there goes my hero, you know, Foo Fighters, like, yeah. He he he's someone. Odd. Has it not literally been since he dumped Jack Inovan? I mean, that'll yeah, do I it. That'd that. give you the, that the pep it. in your step. No, <laughs> like, that's when he stood up. That's when he stood up for the captain. Yeah, yeah he, he exactly. Did, he did. He did it, and more or less, he didn't, he got fined, didn't he? he didn't get yeah, it. Yeah. So oh. he, I think he did it, and the AFL more more or less said, "Yeah, that's fine." And so he's like, "Sweet, let's go." <laughs> it's like there's been an uptick though. Something clicked after that Collingwood game. I, I don't know. Something happened, or something has happened. Or, Jay, or... He, he he shaved. Yeah, it could have just been the, the fact that he stood up for Seld and then me after that. So after the game, Seld went up to him and said, "You kept doing like doing stuff like that, you'd be all right. And be tough, be strong, be strong for the team, be strong for the." I like Johnny's. The... I think we need to do it lead by example, do. like I do, and you'll be John, right. John, John, Johnny's writing some on this, on this, on the yeah. spot uh, fan fiction here. Yeah, like did, they, did they go for drinks after this? Or? I no, I reckon so. I just took him aside in the dressing room and oh, okay. gave him a few cut in, 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 like, in the showers. Yeah, in the showers, maybe. Maybe no ice bath. Oh, a private ice bath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, um, I wouldn't say no to the captaincy, but uh, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's probably we'll a bit far fetched. It. It's probably a bit far fetched, but I don't know. It's just something that struck me. I've never thought about like Adkins in that way in terms of leadership and stuff. And then I went, well, it's got to be, I mean, the next captain has to be Stuart, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be my vote. So I guess that's the other thing. Like if you look at Stuart's career, like how much, how much younger than Stuart is, is Atkins? Is he younger at all? I don't even actually know. Three, three years Stuart, younger. Three. three years. Like, yeah, yeah. If he does go for the captaincy, it's, it's going to be for maybe the last two years of his, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. his career or something. Maybe you just do a lingy. Yeah, Captain for one year and winning yeah, premiership. premiership. Le- leadership group. I-, I can see leadership group. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I think definitely leadership that. group. That All right, let's get. L- let's do some votes. Has anyone got yeah. theirs oh, down? I think I do. I think I think I do. I think I figured it out. I'm pretty oh. sure there's someone I've forgotten about, but I'm not going to think too hard because it makes it easy if I've forgotten yeah. about this other person. <laughs> All right. Far far, far away, Sambo. Uh, so I'm going to go one vote to Zach Guthrie. Beautiful. Lovely. I like it. I like it. I lot. am going to go two votes to Tom Askins. Nice. Like it. Nice. nice. And for the second week in a row, I'm going to go three votes to Jeremy Cameron. 
Nice. Well, I have got votes for all the three same players. I'm giving one vote to Jeremy Cameron. Um, tough sitch to kick six mm-hmm. and only get one. But I will say this. He's like, kicked six and got none from us other weeks, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things. He does it too much. Yeah. It's he's set a high bar for himself, and again, it's only three votes. Like there's probably, you know, fifteen players who are you know mm. you, you want to give a vote mm. to, but um, it's hard. S- SDK should be in there. Like statistically, again, like the eight marks is great, but like it was really the impact on the game that he had. And yet, yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't find. I know. Yeah, I'm going one one. <laughs> I, but I think there's a lot of focus on DK. I'll say that. Yeah. And and so sometimes, you know... So there should be. It's kind of like 100%. no one's talked about him and they should have been. And all of a sudden, all the talk that should have been going on for about six weeks has just been smashed on him from this one week. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going one vote got nominated. for Cameron. I'm going to go two votes to Tom Adkins um, for all the reasons mm-hmm. specified. Controversial. I'm going to give three votes best on ground to Zach Guthrie. I, oh. I, th- I think he was somewhat um, undervalued. With 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 the 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 fervor around DK and as we said, totally get it why, but fuck me, he played out of his skin and he is mm. he has got jacked up in a big way in the off season. He's confident, um, yeah, he was immense. So I'm giving him three votes. Johnny, what about you? Finish us off. All right, I'm going one vote to Zach Guthrie. Nice. Giving two votes to Jeremy Cameron. Nice. And I'm going to give my three votes to Tom Atkins. <laughs> so we're sharing it all around, but all just out. amongst the same three players. <laughs> wow. It was a tough one. I was trying, I was, yeah, it was a tough one, but I thought those three definitely deserve it. And I thought Tom Atkins was just huge for that entire game. He never so once slowed up. And who actually got the most votes this week? Tom Atkins, um, two, two, and three. Tom Atkins got seven. Cameron got six, and Zach Guthrie got five. Which means we have Mark Bl- spread. Mark Blixarves, thirty-four votes leads the way. Still, Tom Stewart on twenty-six in second place. Selwood, third place on twenty-four. Um, Jeremy Cameron up into fourth uh, with twenty-two votes. Tom Atkins moves into fifth on eighteen votes so that's our top nice. five for the most valuable cats player in 2022 i did all i sorry i yeah i should have said it before i did of course i did but i did like rowan's game too yeah kicked a goal had a couple of shots some mm. score involvements and one of the the chase down tackles he did was fucking incredible like no, <laughs> he, he did I can't, I can't remember if it was a spoil or a, like a um yeah it was an a spoil. In, he like intercepted a mark and the kind of bounced around the dogs collected it and and kicked it and he somehow got from that and then got like 45 meters down the ground and laid a tackle and caught them holding the ball at the like he chased the ball he traveled as fast as the ball went through the air <laughs> to catch up to the player that, that collected it it was it was incredible it was yeah. it's like you know and even um uh, uh the uh the commentary team were talking about what he brings to the side being beyond the stats sheet yeah. and again gratifying to hear things that we have said for literally two years now that's kind right. of starting to seep into the general consensus he's another one who's had a lot of love um from cat's twitter actually more so than i yeah. than than in previous times so it's 
just because he doesn't get many goals or many marks or many kicks doesn't mean he's playing a hugely important role. Like he brings that pressure in that forward 50, the same as Tom Atkins does in that midfield. Mm. You don't see Tom Atkins ever give up in a game. He always chases and always tackles. All right. That's it. That is the show. The recap show, the week 12 recap show between the cats and the dogs. We're going into a bye week now. Well, the cats are, but we're not. (laughs) (laughs) In sync. We we will be going, as usual, this uh, weekend, or yeah, sometime later this week, we're going to have another podcast out for you. I think that one will be our AFLW State of the Union, I believe. So we'd love for you to listen along to that. Maybe you've never followed the Cats AFLW team. This might be your season two. Great time in... to start. Exactly. Absolutely. Going into a new season, we can oh, get you why? all up to why date. Why haven't you followed? It's a great question. Some people just don't have the time. I'll, I'll accept that. Sometimes it's hard to fit two seasons in, but this is the time. Make the transition with the chaps to start supporting the Cats women's team so you can check out that, our AFLW State of the Union. Then next week, Monday night, we will have our Chaps Chat Cats AFL men's mid-season review. There'll be a Draft Wars episode next Wednesday on the Hoops YouTube channel. You can go and check it out. And then we'll be back into preview pods and onwards and upwards with the rest of the season. That's it. That's the podcast. That's your blooming lot. Actually, I'm blooming lot. Go cats! Go catters! Go cats! Go cats! Meow.